So I'm going to go ahead and read. You guys can follow along. Uh, I'm in Mark 9. There we go. All right. And they were in the way uh, going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him, saying, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. And they shall mock him, and they shall scourge him, and they shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. And so what's going on here? Uh, they're making their way up to Jerusalem. And so the disciples are, are visibly afraid of as they're making their way up to Jerusalem. Uh, reason being, uh, as Jesus's ministry had grown throughout the Gospels, you do see more backlash growing as well. And so the Pharisees uh, have been plotting against them. And so Jerusalem's probably the, the last place in, in their minds that they should go because they definitely know they're going to run into trouble here. Uh, but what we see is that they're afraid, but Jesus goes before them. And so he's leading them into Jerusalem. And so the first thing I want to touch on is uh, the disciples' mind. So this is going to be how I structure uh, this sermon. And so the disciples feared their present circumstances. And so um, understandably, they feared their present circumstances. And uh, over, over their time in following Jesus, they have faced more opposition. And death is very real to them uh, at this point. Uh, but they're also just afraid of losing their master because he's, he's prophesying of his death right here. Uh, they know that this could kill him going into Jerusalem. And they've given up everything in their lives to follow Jesus. They've forsaken their jobs, um, friends, family to follow Jesus. Um, but I do just want to sit here um, and just look at how boldly Christ proclaims his suffering. And so isn't it, isn't it sweet that, that God did do this for us and that he did have faith to go to Jerusalem and face this? Um, and so Christ's mind is this to boldly obey his heavenly father. Man, you got to preach with Kenny downstairs. <laughs> I, I won't be doing any of that. <laughs> At least not now. Uh, okay. Uh, Philippians 2.5. Uh, and being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so Christ was encouraging his, his disciples. You can see in verse 32, uh, Jesus went before them uh, and they were amazed. And so the disciples were amazed by Jesus's uh, faith. And so key point, if you're going to write down anything, write down the key points. You can reword it but have this idea. So as Christ did, um, be bold in what God has set before you. Um, and so we too can have an impact as Christ did with his disciples. And so I think about, um, again, 
Montana in my life. And so it's not to compare Montana to Christ, but God did use Montana in my life. And what was encouraging for me to see as a younger believer um, was Montana's willingness to, to open up the word with me. Um, but what was huge for me was to see him do it with other guys um, who, were, who were seeking the word. And that was something I was absolutely afraid of. And so seeing Montana do that was a great encouragement for me uh, to be like, oh, that is something I should be doing. But also Christ encourages us in his boldness. And so we can learn to be bold uh, through Christ's example. Y'all track it with me? Yes, sir. You good? Okay. So I'm going to move on. Uh, verses four, 35 through 41. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? with? And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism that I am baptized with, sorry, and the baptism, uh, guys, when I was reading through this, this is the verse I always mess up on. So I'm going to reread this one again, 39. And they said unto him, we can. And Jesus said unto them, ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism that I am baptized with all shall ye be baptized. Praise the Lord. Uh, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased uh, with James and John. And so when I was reading through this, this was just kind of a huge smack in the face for me when I saw the disciples' response. So I don't know the time between Jesus prophesying of his death and this, but the way the disciples responded to Jesus prophesying of the great pain he was about to go through was, Jesus, what, what can you do for us? And what positions of power can we get? And what positions of comfort can we get? And so the disciples' mind was this. It was focused on securing comfort. And... Um, this wasn't even really the first time that Jesus' prophesying of his death would be met with a selfish nature. And so uh, just two chapters before this, in Mark 8, 31 through 33, uh, we see that Peter rebukes Jesus when he prophesies of his death. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man uh, must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things of God, but the things that be of men. And so 
this challenged Peter's view when Jesus prophesied of his death. So Peter, Peter wanted a Messiah that was going to rule and reign. And so when, when Christ prophesied of his death, uh, it, it changed, it went against everything that Peter had believed in. In Mark 9, just a chapter before this, 31 through 34, uh, the disciples don't even understand what Jesus is talking about when he's prophesying of his death. It says, For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him, and after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. And he came to Capernaum, and this, not, not long after, this happens. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And so, again, Jesus is prophesying of his death just a chapter before. They couldn't even understand it. And not long after, they're already thinking about what positions they could hold in Jesus's kingdom. And so going back, the disciples' mind was focused on securing comfort. But Christ's mind uh, was on fulfilling God's mission and not on his comfort. And so in Matthew 26, 37 through 39, um, so I think when I think about Jesus going to the cross, it's easy for me because I see God, uh, Jesus as the son of God to think that it was easier for him to do those things. Um, but that's not the truth. And so Jesus was fully man. And so he, he fully relates to us and feels all of the same fears that we felt or feel. And we can see this in Matthew 26. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And so we see that Christ was heavy hearted. Yet, look at verse 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, uh, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And so the key point is just as Christ did, focus on the mission and not comfort. Despite Christ's great fear of what he was about to undertake, I don't think any of us would be able to do what Christ did. Um, he had great fear, yet he was still obedient unto God's mission for his life. And I added a, a second bit there, and I missed a period. <laughs> but that's key point 2B. So also endure hardship. And so the disciples would go on to learn. And so I'm like dogging on James and John, but they, they do learn. Um, and James would happen to be killed with a sword. We see that in Acts 12. And then John would be persecuted throughout his entire life and ultimately end his life in exile. And so question for you is, for all of us, I guess I should say us, um, are we ready to endure hardship in ministry? Uh, or is our focus on comfort? Um, 
All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a quote by Matthew Henry. I look at him sometimes. Um, he's almost more confusing. He's supposed to do commentary, but he's almost more confusing than the word of God. Um, but it's still great to glean uh, from what he was getting from the Lord. And um, this is his, what he wrote down when he was reading through these verses. And I thought it was, it was cool. Uh, it is the will of Christ that we should prepare for sufferings and leave it to him to recompense us for them. Our care must be that we may have wisdom and grace to know how to suffer with him. And then we may trust him to provide in the best manner how we shall reign with him and when and where and what the degrees of our glory shall be. And so is your focus on prosperity um, or is, is your focus on giving it all to Christ? Drink some water here before my next point. Your mouth gets really dry when you talk this long. All right, we're moving on. Uh, verse 42. But Jesus called uh, them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And so in the disciples' request for Christ to, to give them high positions of power right next to him, and in him revealing that they would have to undertake great suffering like he did, um, he calls them to think differently than how the, the world around them did. And so he, he references the Gentiles here. Um, and he calls them to think the opposite of what, what they do. And the, the fact that the chiefest would be servant of all. And so he does this because the disciples' mind, uh, the disciples modeled their mindset after the world. And so just as, as the Romans and uh, many other nations had ruled over the Jewish people, um, I'm sure, like, again, it's understandable for these disciples who would have grown up understanding being ruled by other people to desire to have a Messiah that, that freed them from that and to be able to rule with him. Um, I'm not like dogging on them for that, um, but their expectation was a Messiah to rule. Um, but this wasn't Christ's mind. And in fact, Christ says in Mark 9, 35, he sat down and called the 12 and saith unto them, if any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And so Christ's mind was to serve and not to receive. Um, and so I just want to camp out for a little bit in Mark 45, because uh, I think this is one, I think this is like the key verse in Mark. Um, but it's also, I think, the key verse in, in what we're studying just in this section. Uh, and so 
first off, look at the name Son of Man. And so just kind of did a little bit of a word study here with Son of Man. And so this was a, a name Jesus often gave to himself. And so in my research, as best as I can, I, I saw it about 88 times that it came up. Um, and you see it all throughout the Gospels. Um, and the only person, from the, like the best of my knowledge, to refer to him by this name was Stephen when he was being martyred. And so this, this was a, a name that Christ gave to himself. Uh, one, it does prove uh, his deity. And so the Son of Man does fulfill a prophecy in Daniel 7, 13, and 14. And that says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, uh, that which shall not be destroyed. And praise God, that, that is true. Um, but the Son of Man also calls to the, the humanity and humility Christ took on before this. And so in Hebrews 2.17, this is talking about Christ. Okay, yeah, okay. Wherefore in all things, this is the word I mess up on, it's behooved. I keep on saying behoved, behooved. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. And so in desiring to serve us, Christ took on a, a lowly position. Uh, so that way we would have a, a high priest that, that relates. And so the key point is this. Just as Christ did, focus on being servant rather than served. And so ask yourself, in what ways am I serving at our, at our church? In what ways am I serving my family or my brothers and sisters in Christ? Do I focus on that? Is that something you think about? Or is your focus on what's the most comfortable position in the church? Or what's, what's the best opportunity for me here? Or how can I be the most served? Or how can I be the most loved? Do you have the heart of a servant? And so I just wanna read uh, Philippians 2.5. Uh, I think this this passage goes really well uh, with Mark, the, the passage we're reading in Mark. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found uh, in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth 
and things under the earth. And so Christ lowered himself to fulfill God's mission in his life. And so through that, he is highly exalted. And through that, he did glorify God in his life. And so for us, in what ways are, are we preferring others before ourselves? In what ways are we focusing on God's mission in our life before our comforts? And so going back to my testimony with Montana, I'm going to talk on him again because I love him. Um, but Montana did, did model these things for me. And I'm not saying Montana was perfect. He was a sinner and he's failed me. But what's cool is I can look to Montana and point to him and say that was a man that God used in my life. Um, and so he was bold in sharing the word with me. He, he called me out <laughs> on stuff that I was doing, but also just encouraged me in times that, that I really just needed a, a brother to love me. Um, as far as suffering, I was, uh, I didn't know how to describe myself, but I was 17. So just imagine a 17 year old and the attitudes that they have. Montana was in his mid twenties and yet he was still willing to hang out with me and bring me along with all of his friends and show me just love. Um, he would also pay for my lunches after church. I was a high schooler, I was broke. Montana wasn't making that much money. He's a young 20 year old. Yeah, he still, he still preferred me before himself and paid for my meals. Um, and he'd often just drive me around. He drove me to church because it was 30 minutes out. And again, I was a high schooler and didn't have much money to pay for gas. And, and he, he died to himself in that way. And so for you guys, is your mind like Christ? And so are you willing to serve others? And so it can be little things. People need a cup of coffee sometimes. People need a ride to church sometimes. I, I know I come up with lame excuses all the time when people need, need rides to, to and from church. Uh, that's wicked. Um, yeah. We need to be modeling after Christ. And so um, I'm going to close things up here. Um, but if you don't know Christ, if you're sitting here and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You are the weirdest person I've ever heard. Jesus Christ does love you uh, and he gave his life for you. Um, and he desires to have a right relationship with you. And so if you don't know that, or you feel distant from God, I just encourage you all uh, to pray about it. Um, come talk to me if you'd like, but also you can talk to Dell if you feel more comfortable with that. Um, but uh, I'd encourage you to just get right in your heart with, with how you're viewing yourself and God's mission and what, what your goals are uh, in, in God's mission for your life. And so I love you guys. Thanks for hearing me out this morning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray and close this up. Yeah. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for uh, this time. God, I, I do just pray that... Um, we were edified, um, Lord, and, and that uh, you would just be glorified uh, today. Um, yeah, I just thank you for Midtown. Lord, I thank you for a, a body of believers that, that do love each other, uh, God. And it's such a blessing to come here um, every Sunday, uh, Lord, and, and be able to uh, worship you, Lord, and learn from your word, uh, God, and um, just get to talk with my brothers and sisters. That's just an amazing thing. Um, 
Lord, we ask for your blessing over today um, and uh, just this week, Lord. Um, I pray that this message uh, wouldn't just fade away. God, I pray that um, we would be uh, modeling our heart after you, God. Um, I love you, Lord. I thank you for um, your son. I thank you for your word. God, you have not left us wondering, God. And I thank you for your spirit, God. You do lead us. Um, and I just pray this all in your holy name. Amen.